And some of you all have been through that. So that's pretty cool. Definitely a celebration. Definitely a milestone. Definitely a donut moment or I don't know, a steak moment, steak dinner, whatever it is. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right, you are listening to Stationed with Stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Hollis Jesse. And as we get started here, let me just say that these are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, as we get moving here, let me just say if you have not listened to the podcast, on the website. Maybe you just haven't seen the website, right? So there is much more to the website, stationedwithstories.com, than just a podcast. Y'all, you can see the actual pieces at the end of the podcast. You know, we have our pieces, original pieces. Those are all posted there on the podcast. There's some information about me if you want to get to know me a little bit more as the host and a writer So check it out, stationwithstories.com. I also link the YouTube page. YouTube page is Station With Stories. You can see little episode clips just to whet your appetite. If you don't have much time, definitely check that out because you can see what I cover in each section of the podcast. And of course, listen to the whole podcast and leave reviews and stars and all of that. I just want to plug that really quickly because I want to hear from you all. So definitely send me messages. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well, stationed underscore story. All right, moving on from there. We are going to talk about what I have just completed. Y'all, I just completed this book and it's an anthology. I just completed this anthology. Definitely, I've had my hands on the anthology for a while. I have just completed it though, just lots of different things that I've been picking up, but it is good. I got the book actually from my mentor. Shout out to Linda Griffith who gave me this book a little while back, and I definitely knew it was a good one from reading the very first essay. Anthology, it is called You Are Your Best Thing, Vulnerability, Shame, Resilience, and the Black Experience. Now, this is edited by Tarana Burke and Brene Brown. Tarana Burke, she is known for her work at the intersection of sexual violence and racial justice. And Brene Brown, she is known for her work studying courage vulnerability, shame, and empathy, and is a research professor at the University of Houston right now. She's written several books. She has been on the speaking circuit, very well known in this field. So the anthology, it is centered on the Black experience. So every person who contributed identifies as Black. It's also focused on intersectional identities. So it's in the title, Really, the vulnerability, the shame, resilience, that's what you really get from these stories. And I would say three words, gritty, vulnerability, or vulnerable, and powerful. And it's, I think, reading this anthology built, even as someone who identifies as Black as well, I'm a Black woman, I built even more empathy for people's stories, what people are going through, personal journeys and battles that you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know from looking at a person what they have gone through. And so it was good. It was a great 
solidarity moment, I think, for the writers. And I think for people who read this, they see the solidarity within the Black identity. But knowing that it is intersectional, there's not one identity, there's not one way to be Black and experience one's Blackness. And so it's, it's really good, I think, particularly for those who don't have much in terms of knowledge about Black experiences. It's a great book to pick up just to learn a lot of vulnerable tales, a lot of uh, reckoning that each of the authors has to deal with. Dealing with families and family shames and historical shames, it's, it's big. It's a really big topic or big topics to to tackle. And they tackle them. They tackle them. And it really is about showing their humanity in the face of a lot of obstacles and a lot of oppression and shame. They are vulnerable in what they share. So check it out if you so choose. I When I say gritty, it is gritty. I mean, they're, if, look, people are vulnerable and they they use the language they use to tell their stories. There's definitely some strong language in the book and, and some of the essays. So keep that in mind if you are sensitive to that type of thing. But they're vulnerable. And I think that's the biggest thing. People are telling their own truths. And check it out. All right. Moving on to the topic of the day. Y'all, I toured my husband's worship for the first time. And that was a cool experience. First of all, let me just tell y'all, I didn't know that I was getting a full tour when I popped up. It was really kind of random, actually. We didn't really plan it. I was meeting up with someone else. We were meeting for like, let's go thrifting and then also let's get bubble tea. So real cool, right? Thrifting bubble tea. And I'm in the area of where my husband works. And so I wasn't very far at all because I met up with someone and it was raining, very rainy. I'm in the rainy season. I'm living in Japan. So there's that. But I was like, you know, it's towards the end of the day. He's getting off soon. Why don't I just go over and say hello? Because we've already said that I need to see the warship before he goes out into the world. Right. And so I text him. And at first I was like, okay, well, it looks like I'm going to be here hanging out a little longer. Maybe it's past the time you want to be on the ship. Maybe we just go home together. But at the end of the day, I ended up being able to check it out. And so I did, y'all. It was all inspiring. It was all inspiring. It was complex. The warship was very complex. So if you've been on the warship, you know, there's just lots of locks and doors and there are lots of gaskets and trick doors, I would say, lots of ladders, artillery, bunks. They don't call them bunks. So, you know, where they live, uh, the racks. I think that's what they call it. Yes, the racks. I told y'all, I don't know anything. I'm new to this thing. So, you know, the rags, all the mess halls, there's so much on those ships. And it was movie-like, y'all. And I know that I mentioned here a couple of weeks ago that I visited the ship for the first time. I didn't get on the ship, but I, like, visited the ship. This time I actually got the full tour. So I got the full tour. It's really, I saw people working and eating and laughing. It reminded me of college meets frat meets office building. Mm-hmm. It was like a college in ways because everybody was kind of like wandering and doing their own thing. They weren't all like seated at a desk or they weren't all, 
you know, eating together in a dining hall. So there was, there's just that, that flow, that moving, right? Frat, because let's be honest, it's, it's a little, it's a little clicky, right? When you get into these communities, we, we, and then that's really in any community, any community that is elite, any community that really has an entry requirement, it, it becomes very insular, right? So it's a very insular community. So it felt kind of fratish, you know, the, the way everybody has like little codes and in, in ways that they speak that the average person would not know what they're talking about. That, that gave me the frat vibe. And then office building, because I was there at the latter end of the day. So less people were working, but people were working. People have to work. People have to check you in. People are on duty. People are still fixing things. People are doing their work. So anyway, I brought donuts. The other thing is I brought donuts because I thought, listen, don't come empty handed, girlfriend. You are going to the ship inside of the ship for the first time, bring some donuts. Now I brought them for my husband. You know, he he had the option to share if he so chose. Um, I brought a couple. But yeah, I wanted to bring him a little a little gift, right? Some donuts. Anyway, moving on. There there was just a lot going on the ship. I was really in, in awe. It felt like a movie. It felt like I was in a movie, for real. Like, it's it's a lot. I don't even know how filming crews film all they film on, on ships because it's just a lot of trick stuff going on in those ships too. Mm-hmm. If you've been on one, you know what I mean? It's just, it's tight spaces and things are coming out everywhere. But anyway, it was really cool. It got me to thinking, y'all, because I can go on and on about my observations on the ship, but it got me to thinking because I was bringing donuts to celebrate this, this first, right? The first time being on the ship. What are the first in military life? What are the first things, right? What might you celebrate in this here lifestyle? That's what it got me to thinking about. What what else might I celebrate? What for what other occasion might I bring donuts or cupcakes or something like that, right? And so this is what I was coming up with. Y'all help me out on this. Those who know the life, those meal spouses, you know the life. Let's start here. First, PCS. Now, that's very tricky. Very tricky, y'all. You wouldn't believe it, but we have pcs maybe, well, I guess, officially twice. Officially twice. So first to San Diego and then to Japan now. And technically, he PCS to Newport, where we started off when we got married. But I didn't move with him because I was living in my own place, right? PC, he PCS, we got married, so we lived there. So anyway, two PCSs, and that that was I don't know about a celebration because people who are PCS and PCS, if you are uh, non-military, this just means permanent change of station. So that's what we call. Every permanent move, and when we say permanent, that is in quotes, permanent move that we make with the military. That is a PCS. So that's a celebration. Maybe I should have brought donuts. Next time, next time, maybe I will get donuts for the PCS. Mm-hmm. Permanent change of station move. So there, there's one. That's like a, a major milestone, really. It's a milestone, right? First deployment, that's a milestone. Now... I have not 
I'm going to admit to you, I have not been through a deployment yet. It is imminent. It is happening very soon. But as of right now, this recording, I have not been through a deployment yet. My husband was in a very different point of his career where he had lots of trainings. And so there was lots of moving around and hopping around, but no deployments. He is now back to regular Navy life where there will be a deployment at some point and it's imminent. And yeah, what to do to, it's a milestone, right? The very first one I imagine. What did y'all do for those who are, are male spouses, military spouses? What did y'all do? Was there some kind of like celebratory or like, see you later dinner or whatever? I'm thinking about that. So getting my mind together for that particular first. Other thing, first promotion. Yes. Yes. First promotion. You got to have a little celebration. Now the military does its own thing. I've talked about the hells and farewells in a previous episode, but there are also, I think it's called the wedding down and I might totally have that wrong, but I think it's called the wedding down where the person who was promoted, they take the funds, the difference of their funds between their previous rank and their new rank And they use that money to basically buy like food and and beers and that kind of thing for their uh, peers. So that's pretty cool. And they do that. But I'm thinking first promotion with my sailor, I am going to have to think of something special to do as well. And some of you all have been through that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Definitely a celebration. Definitely a milestone. Definitely a donut moment or I don't know, a steak moment, steak dinner, whatever it is. And then I was also thinking, of course, the first time at the workplace, which is what I did. First time touring, military spouse, if you get to, because I know some of y'all have people in your lives who do things in places that you cannot see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that top secret life where you can't see it. But, you know, I just saw it because it was my first time in the workplace. Let's go in here and shimmy shake our way with some donuts. For this milestone. So anyway, that's all I have on that, y'all. Let me know what other things are milestones in this male spouse, military spouse life. What else might I be looking forward to bringing some donuts for to celebrate? And what's funny is that, you know, I'm not even a big donut person. I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to eat them. If you bring them, I'm going to eat them. But these donuts here in Japan, and this is a side note, very much a side note, They are mochi. There's some like really cool mochi donuts at this particular type of donut shop that my husband really likes. And so that's why I really have to get the donuts. But anyway, whatever you do, I don't know if you ice cream, let's go out for some ice cream. I love ice cream. Yes. Whatever you do, milestones. So that's what it got me to thinking about. Milestones and donuts and first. Yep. That's it. One last thing I will say is that these first For someone who is a military spouse or, you know, in the military community are really are really cute. So let me just acknowledge that they were really cute first. I'm personally thankful that we're in peace times in this country right now. I do imagine that it's very different for those who have experienced losses of a loved one. And I just want to say thank you if you are that person listening and the first was not a sweet first. The first that you experienced was a painful one, a loss, maybe 
and you had to bury a loved one or welcome an injured sailor, soldier, airman, right, back home. I acknowledge that, right? That is a part of the life. And although it's fun to talk about the fun things and the quirky things and the odd, unusual things about the military, it is not lost on me that in peace times, we get to to do a lot more laughter and and be a lot more at ease. Certainly not the case in war times. And so I hope that there is no war anytime soon so that we don't have to experience those types of losses. And even outside of, of wartime, I mean, there are, there are odd things that happen in any field and, and in this field, especially not to end on a somber note, but to acknowledge those who have experienced first that are not so chirpy and happy, but are pretty solemn. Moving on to the last portion of this podcast, I am going to read for you all an original piece. It is called Trying His Luck. Trying His Luck. I had a lot of fun writing this and editing and editing and editing this. So hopefully you enjoy it too. Flash fiction. Here we go. Trying His Luck. Camille sets her purse down in a seat not littered with her brother's clean clothes that she washed four days ago. He still hasn't gotten to folding them up and putting them neatly into the drawer she cleared out for him when he arrived at her doorstep nine days ago, heartbroken and broke. Thinking of the baby shower invite from Rosa and the RSVP she needed to send in, Camille wonders whether she should have requested her own shower seeing that she had a big baby of her own to care for now. She walks into the sitting room where Frank is slouched across her sectional with a Heineke in his hand. A couple of red solo cups congregate on her oak and glass coffee table. A faint ring stains the corner closest to him. Which hospital? Camille asks her brother without pleasantries. She reaches for the mail piled on the kitchen table littered with half-open ketchup packets and discarded fast food hamburger wrapping. You talking about the one Aunt Jeannie's in? Her brother asks. In her 57th year of life, Camille's 12-hour shifts at the paper mill were tiresome enough without having to come home to her brother's unhelpfulness. She snorts. Yep, that's the one, Frank. You know anyone else in the hospital? I sure hope not, Frank spits out. I hate hospitals. And them dang crooked doctors ain't gonna do anything but cut up old Annie and send her home just to get sick again, he adds. I'd prefer to be home if I was her. Camille looks up from the mail to her brother in disbelief. He does not appear to see the irony in his words. Well, unlike Annie, you can go home, Camille shoots back with a measured tone. If you get a job, Sheila will take you back, I'm sure. Take me back, Frank booms, sitting up in the recliner with a look of disgust. She just wants me for my money, her loss, he retorts folding his hand across his wide gray-haired chest and reclining once more. Camille rolls her eyes, lacking the requisite time to hash this out as hospital visiting hours were ending very soon. Fine then, we'll discuss this later, but the hospital, I just need the name of the hospital, Camille says, straightening her tired, slumped posture and looking at him pointedly. Frank takes a few seconds to think before he answers. Pinnacle point. Yeah, that sounds about right, he says finally. Camille pivots towards the front door, 
snatches up her purse, then hesitates. Pinnacle point? Camille asks, eyebrows shooting into her forehead in realization as she turns back towards her brother. Weren't you supposed to start a job there a few weeks ago? My boss called for a favor with a friend to get you in. Her eyes are narrowed on her older brother who is now flipping through anime shows. He is heartbroken for sure. Scruffy facial hair lengthened from days without shaving. Eyes red and downcast, evidence of recent tears. Camille feels for Frank, but can see why Sheila dumped him. Layoff or no layoff, seven months was long enough time to find another job. Job? Well, you see how much they worked me on the last one. 18 years at the plant working my fingers to the bone and they let me go? He snaps his fingers. Just like that. Next job I take, I'm going to do what I want to do, he proclaims. And that means no cleaning hospital bed pans, Camille. You know I'm better than that. Camille's jaw drops. So, what do you plan on doing? She asks, anger flaring up like arthritis. I'm trying my luck at the numbers, Frank says smugly. I'm gonna hit big soon. Just watch. Sheila won't know what she's missing. This is the last straw. Camille starts for the guest's bedroom ready to pack her brother's bags for him, but remembers Aunt Jeannie and the time. You trying your luck all right, Camille mumbles as she turns back towards the front door. Huh? Frank asks, looking up from the TV to catch a glimpse of his sister's backside as she shuffles away. I'm gonna see Annie, she hollers, fantasizing about all of the reclaimed space she'll have once she kicks him out. All righty then, Frank calls out. I'll be here when you get back. We'll see about that, she yells as she slams the front door. All right, that is it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed talking with you all. Definitely check me out, as I said from the beginning, on all the social media, on the website. Send me a message. Very excited to hear from you all. And we will be back next week, every Monday, Station with Stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps. Hey.